0: podcast is sponsored by Brick Johnson Coaching. Hey, I have some exciting news for all of my high-achieving women out there. That's right. I get the emails and DMs from you guys saying you wish you were my target market. I understand. We need great allies too. And we need allies with well-managed minds. Well, I've listened. So this offer is for you too, because it's a one-on-one offer. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, you're a woman of color or not, or an ally. If you're tired of feeling like you can't do more, I'm here to help. My one-on-one six-month coaching program is designed specifically for you. Together, we will work on strategies to help you manage your stress and help you achieve your goals. Because women quitting on their dreams is just not an option. And this is what my six month program can do for you. Instead of time management, we will uncover why you manage your time the way you are so that you can prioritize self care, giving you more time to do the things you love. Are you struggling with imposter syndrome? Are you anxious with a chaotic mind? I get it. We target the root causes of imposter syndrome helping you gain the confidence and self-assurance to pursue your goals and succeed in your career and your personal life? Do you struggle with communication issues, difficulty expressing yourself effectively, or asserting your needs professionally or personally? You'll learn to cultivate a positive relationship with yourself. We'll work on the why this issue is for you why this is happening, helping you resolve the inner conflict so that you can easily take care of the external conflict with others. When it comes to communicating your needs, you don't need another communication class on how to resolve clients' issues. Once you uncover your hidden conditioning, you will have the skills to build stronger, more productive relationship with colleagues, clients, And ultimately leading to greater success and growth in your business and personal life. Listen, if you're a high level woman ready to cultivate more meaningful and fulfilling relationships, both with yourself and others, and you take your business and professional growth seriously and you want to take it to the next level, you and your relationship with you and your brain is your greatest asset. My coaching program is perfect for you. You don't have to continue putting others first and neglecting your own needs and desires in the process. Because remember, you are your greatest asset. Let's work together to create a life that you enjoy of connection and success. If this interests you, reach out, book a breakthrough call at brickjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Again, brigjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Look forward to talking to you. Hey guys, this episode was so fun and I wanted to introduce it and explain. Like I interview one of my clients, Dr. Kimmy, and I really want you to pay attention because she gives such a clear picture of what her life was like before. She like describes it in such detail and I want you to really pay attention. She talks about how she looked so good on the outside. Everybody thought that they were the power couple, right? But how internally she was a mess and it showed up as procrastination. We talked about that, What her before was, what brought her into coaching, how she uses coaching, how she knows that it's working. We even geek out a little bit. And we talked about what it looks like now. We go on some tangents on safety and as it relates to Black women and why we should know about this and how to use it and where it fits in in our equation for success and we talked about the ability to bounce back and to recover after failures. This is a good one, guys. Get your tea and let's go. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? Haven't said that in a while? I don't think I've said that in a while. I've been trying to be all professional, but today I'm going to be like, how y'all doing? I miss y'all. I really do. I'm just like, I'm really in that moment where I was like, oh, I haven't said that in a while. I miss you guys. If you guys are my regular listeners know that I think about you, really know that. So today I have a special podcast. (laughs) Y'all know whenever I say that, you know that means I have a phenomenal guest. And I am so excited to reach out to you and let you guys get a glimpse of the goodness that's on the other side of this video. (laughs) And we're going to talk about all things coaching, all things Black women, medicine. We may even get geeky. So this might be one that you want to like get the pen out, write the gems and uh, settle in because I've got a good one for you. Dr. Kimmy! Hey, Prig! Introduce yourself. I feel like what what was that? What was that like, Rhyme? Introduce yourself. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Yeah. My name is Kimmy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) You took it. Wait, that took me back to like Inglewood in the eighties, where I'm from. So, I mean, I guess I could start there with my introduction. Hey, y'all. I'm Dr. Kimmy. I am from Inglewood, California, originally, was born to a single mom of Jamaican origin. I am a physician by training, specifically worked as a pediatric hospitalist, and I have been retired from medicine for the past year and a half because I now own my own coaching company. So I'm the CEO and founder of the Dr. Coach School, where I help women doctors of color, Develop their own intellectual property, market their coaching offer, and learn how to sell and get their clients incredible results. And I help them create six figures in their coaching businesses. And I absolutely love what I do. And I loved being a doctor. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but I love, love, love being a coach. And I am one of Briggs' clients.
0: That is so, so good. Let's talk about that switch from physician to coach. What brought you there? Because, you know, I made the switch from anesthesia, nurse anesthetist, advanced nurse, to coach. What brought that about? So I'm going to try to
1: give you the quick and dirty version, but it's a pretty long story. But let me take you back to 2016. So in 2016, I was working as an academic pediatric hospitalist. On the surface, everything looked great. I had an incredible husband.
0: Whenever a Black woman says, on the surface. Oh, on right? the surface. On the surface. Like, I think like that is our plight right now. On the surface, it looks real good. <laughs> yes. I mean, we were like told we are the power
1: couple. We have everything going for us. He worked at the same medical school. I had an incredible son who was doing well in, well in school. I actually got pregnant with my daughter. So we were expecting our second child. Everything looked great on the surface, but internally break, I was a mess. Okay. So I was riddled with what I would have called at the time, imposter syndrome. I don't really like that term, but for the sake of just all of us mostly understanding what that means, I had crippling imposter syndrome that manifested as procrastination. So I would procrastinate on everything. So I'm talking like if my license renewal stuff was due at 1159 On January 31st, like on January 30th, I'm just starting to put the stuff together. And on January 31st at like 11 o'clock, I'm scrambling, trying to submit everything. So that was my life. I basically knew I was a great physician and I was an incredible teacher. And I got really high remarks from the residents, like in terms of my performance outwardly, right, when it was like anything outward, I was doing fine. But I was not having a good experience in my life. I was riddled with anxiety, fear, overwhelm. I would snooze every day like six times because I didn't want to get out of bed because that day was just going to be a repeat of a horrible day, the horrible day I had the day before. So I was a mess. So all of that was happening. I was pregnant with my daughter and then my mom got sick. So I mentioned that my mom, single mom, she and I was super close. So imagine I'm already a hot mess and now I'm a hot mess that's pregnant with a mom who is sick and I'm the only physician in the family. So I'm like coordinating her care and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. things went from bad to worse really quickly. So everything kind of came to a head in the summer of 2017. So in the summer of 2017, my mom passed away and that was the hardest thing I have ever, ever experienced mm-hmm. in my life. And mm-hmm. I planned her funeral and it was terrible. But what shifted things for me. And I think what started the journey of me finding coaching was there was a particular day that I was in my mom's living room and she had already passed. So I was trying to figure out what things I need to keep, what things I need to throw away, just kind of getting her affairs in order. And I found a manila envelope among all the just stuff. I just happened to notice this envelope because it had her handwriting on it. And I remember picking it up and leaving through the pages and realizing what I was holding in my hand and like the realization of what that was like hit me. I remember the moment of feeling like someone had punched me in my gut and like taken my breath away because I was holding my mom's book. So my mom had written a book by hand more than 20 years prior as according to the date on the pages. And she never told anyone about it. And so I'm sitting in her living room, tears streaming down my face, just... Thinking about the fact that my mom had intellectual property, hopes and dreams, like things that she wanted to get into the world that she never did. She never got those things into the world. She was never able to help people in the way that she wanted to. And my mom was a pediatric nurse, had an incredible career, like ran an entire center. Like she was incredible in her career, but there were other things that she wanted to do that she never got into the world. And so at that moment, I remember crying out to God and just saying, I want to walk in my purpose. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to live a life of purpose. And that started a two-year journey of me. I wouldn't have called it coaching because I didn't understand coaching. I didn't know coaching. Like Nobody I knew was ever getting coaching. But what I did was, I went to therapy. That was the first thing I did. I went to therapy Mm -hmm. and I started developing what I now know are self-coaching tools. Again, I didn't know. I was just like, I need to change my life. Like I cannot live like this anymore. Something needs to change. But Along the way, I developed my own processes for coaching myself, for seeing what was happening in my brain, overcoming the procrastination. And then over time, over the course of those two years, I changed my entire life you know, it started off with me just being able to get out of bed in the morning. And then it shifted to me actually getting my notes done on time, me actually showing up for meetings on time, not procrastinating anymore. Then I started getting tapped for leadership positions, started getting asked to write
0: book can chapters. I like I right, Can I stop you right here? Yes. <laughs> I just, I just have, is killing me. I have to. Guys, do you guys see how she's Painting the picture of where she is. This is why if you're a coach, doctor, and need to know how to sell your product, she's giving you an example right here. <laughs> that, that is it, Brig. You you nailed that. That she is how you sell. She's giving you it right here. She painted the picture. How many of you are like, she didn't just say, I was stuck in procrastination. She gave you, I was hitting the snooze alarm. I couldn't get out the bed. Like she gave you the details of what her life looked like. And this is why if you're a physician wanting to create a coaching practice and get it off the ground, she's showing you how right here.
1: Thank you for noticing, Brig. I can tell that you are also an incredible coach because you picked up on that. You picked (laughs) up on
0: that. (laughs) Well, first of all, you wouldn't be working with me if I wasn't,
1: so. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I call it story selling. So what I'm doing, just to make it meta, I'm story selling right now. I'm sharing my story, but I'm doing it in a way that I'm bringing the listeners into it so that the listeners are probably seeing themselves, especially the physicians are probably seeing themselves in my story.
0: So yeah, thank you for making it a little bit meta for the, (laughs) for the listeners. Yes. (laughs) For those of you who are like, because here's the deal. I've been really thinking about it almost too much because I'm like, maybe I should do a nurse to coach program. Cause I'm like, oh my God. And you know, I love coaches and I love teaching coaching, but black women are my thing. But I think medicine prepares us so much for coaching.
1: Yes. I'm sure you A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot of people are like, how do you such and such? I'm like, a stressful client coming to me, talking about whatever, is nothing compared to someone on the table with a set of 10 and bleeding out. I'm sorry. Listen. <laughs> Listen. And everybody is on you. I'm like, give me this any day. I can hold there are people like, how do you hold space? I'm like cuz I've been holding space for a hot a whole listen, lot more.
1: Yes. Listen. I agree 100% and not only that but we had to sell our plans to our patients. Like we were selling all the time. We didn't realize we wouldn't have called it selling, right? Mm-hmm. But we were selling plans. Like you have a family who's looking at you like, wait, what are you going to do for my loved one? You mm-hmm. have to sell them what that plan is. So I truly, truly, I love that nurse to Yeah, co- There's <laughs> something there. There is something there. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I
0: know. I, like Brick, that's a distraction. Stay I know, I know. Conference. I know. Your business coach is going to be like, wait, wait, what's wait, going on? What, what the heck? <laughs> What are you doing now? Like, I, okay, we'll go back. We'll go back. We'll go back. <laughs> but I just love the fact that you were like, this is where I was. And so many of us are on the outside. It looks so damn good. But on the inside is I call it duck feet. You have your thing falling. I call it duck feet. Like the duck is just Yes. Gliding and gliding. And everybody's like, what the beautiful duck. But underneath the feet are going. Clinical 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 you know what's
1: so funny is that, so I'm a, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta. That is actually an analogy that we use in Delta, oh, really? <cliches> but it's like, it's like, well, when I was in college, mm-hmm. seen as a good thing, like, oh, on the surface, everything looks great, but then you're like working underneath the surface. But Yeah. That I think works well when you're like a 20 something in college and like the only thing you have to worry about is do I have enough money to pay my cell phone bill? But in my 40s now, my nervous system, if I were to keep that up, if I were to have kept living like that, I don't know or I do know what the impact would be on my body there's no way. Like that is just, is so not sustainable. This is why physicians have the highest rates of suicide. This is why physicians are dying at unprecedented rates from just chronic disease because we are the epitome of keeping everything looking great on the outside, but internally we are a hot mess and, but we're not allowing ourselves to fully own that we're not feeling great and we're a hoplet mess. We just keep glossing over it, glossing over it. And then we end up in our fifties with all these medical
0: conditions. And it's just, something's got to give. Something's yeah. got to give. Ditto to everything you said, but for the black high achieving black woman, ditto to all of it. It's not sustainable. We get there. We're like, what is it? Our nervous system is like On fire, we keep pushing through as opposed to addressing. We keep going, we keep going, and then in our 50s, we wonder why we have the highest rate of mental disability. We have the highest rate of disability, so we start later and we end earlier as far as building of wealth. We don't have the leg up, so we start later. Mama ain't buying our refrigerator. We lucky if mama can afford to buy our refrigerator when we buy the house. Listen, she can't give us the whole down payment. Right. (laughs) So we not starting with the leg up because I'm watching my kids, fellow school people, like they are buying houses and getting married right now. Mamas are buying the down payments on the houses. And I'm like, yes. That's yes. how they're doing it. That's how they're doing That's it. And
1: like, I saw it in residency. I had right. my residency friends were building their forever homes and we're interns. And I'm like, you make the same amount of money I make making. What's going on? And I'm like, oh, generational wealth. Oh right? yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> we don't have that.
0: So we start late and because we don't address this, we have to end early. So we will never close that power gap We'll never close that power gap. Starting late and ending early isn't enough to create generational wealth. It just goes to that generation for that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And we're losing, I think we're losing the most precious part of our culture, which is the elderly Black woman. That knowledge, like when we see one that's feisty, That's like whatever. And she can it, right? We like sit at her foot and just pour into me. She can't, she got medical problems. She's taking about 15 medicines. She can't go nowhere no more. She don't want to go nowhere no more. She's closed off. It's because this right here that you're describing. You are so correct. And I'm actually thinking
1: about my mom. She didn't get to live out that experience in her Mm -hmm. life. And she would have been such an incredible elderly person, like so much, so much experience, so much knowledge, so much wisdom. She didn't get that, right? Because it was cut short so early. And my mom, you know, I thought the way my mom lived her life, I thought that that was the template. I thought that that was what we were supposed to do. So she sacrificed Mm -hmm. everything, for us. She sacrificed her joy, her peace, her happiness, like everything for us. And just like, we were her main focus and we did well for ourselves. Like we were able to get the best education, etc. But, and after she died, like holding her manuscript, I'm like, oh, so she didn't get to live out her own hopes and dreams. She didn't get to have the experience that she wanted to have in her life. And that breaks my heart. And I I am determined for my daughter to not do the same thing. Like, my daughter sees me leave. Like, I will just leave and be like, Mommy's going to a spa day. Uh-huh. Mommy's going. Right. To-. And it was hard for her at first because she's like, Wait, you don't want to be around us? And I said, Actually, that's not it. I love being around you and I love you so much. But I know that me taking care of myself allows me to be a better mommy for you. And now when I leave or when I do a staycation or when I'm, going to a a work event and I'm just going by myself, she, it's no longer like her thinking I'm rejecting her. She sees me prioritizing myself. And what an incredible
0: gift to her that she, I'm giving her that permission. Let's go though. That's what your daughter is seeing now. But let's go with your mom did that. That was your template and you didn't get off that treadmill that you were on you would have just repeated what your mom did. And I did for years, right? That's where I think we're stuck at. It's like, that's the template and we repeat it. And then our daughters don't have that leg up because we never stop that that template. Yes,
1: yeah, for years. So during that whole period of time, Mm -hmm. I was replaying the same exact roles that my mom, that I saw my mom do in my life, except now I'm also doing it So my mom was a single mom. I have a husband. So there was that, like, it was not exactly the same, but Mm -hmm. sacrificing myself either for my family or for my job, it would be both, Mm -hmm. right? So I would either sacrifice my desires and my wants and my needs for my family or for my job. So that would look like me staying at work for hours. And honestly, I'm going to be honest about this. I don't know if I've ever actually said this like out loud. Um, I, there's some days I stayed at work late when I could have left early, but I just felt so much guilt Yeah, and guilt about leaving work, but then also not feeling great about what was happening at home that I didn't want to face that. Right. So it was like this in between, I would just sit in my office and just scroll social media and could have been doing something to catch up on all the things I needed to do, but I wouldn't because I just felt so much overwhelmed, so much inadequacy. Yeah. And it just, it kept me in that cycle of, I wasn't showing up fully at work. I wasn't showing up fully at home. I wasn't showing up fully for myself. Like no one was getting right. the best of me. Um, I love
0: that, I love that yeah. you, that you described, like, that's where that like nowhere is, nowhere is laying and numbed out. And it's like, I'm like I could have went, and I love the fact that you're like coaching help with that. That's where coaching helps, and I think so many people are like, I feel guilty about leaving home, and then home is a mess because Mm -hmm. I can't show up there, and it's like, and what does coaching do? Uh, help you leave and help you have a home that you enjoy going back to. Yeah, I mean things are not always perfect at home still, right? But
1: like I no longer. I no longer make that mean something about me. It's no longer an indictment on me or on me as a mom or on me as a wife. So I can come home to the mess and the mess is there Mm -hmm. and I just allow it to be there and I don't make it mean something about myself. I think that's definitely what coaching has helped me with. And it's an ongoing process. It's something I still have to work on. Any of you guys think that? My brain is like, perfect. No, that's why Brig is still my coach because I still need, (laughs) I still need my brain to get cleaned out from time to time because I still have those thoughts, you know,
0: like my brain wants to go back there often, but so good. Okay. We can stay here forever and I know we could, but so let's fast forward to your coaching. You have the doctor coach school. We meet. Why join my program? Why sign up for me as your coach? Yeah, that was in the spring of this year. So
1: I knew that I wanted to scale my business. I wasn't going to necessarily be scaling this year. I'm planning on scaling to a million in my business next year. This year, we've done half a million in sales. So I was going to be scaling to a million next year and i knew that i would need not just sales support that's important but there were so many other aspects of my life that i feel like needed i needed help with like i just felt sometimes my brain wants to separate my business and my sales stuff from like everything else in my life but like that's not how it works like i'm a whole Human and like the experience that I'm having at home is going to play into what's happening in my launch. Right. And so I saw that so clearly. There was a moment the year before. So in 2022, where I had a panic attack. I've never had a panic attack before. Mm -hmm. I've never had one since, thank God, but I had never had one before. I had a legitimate panic attack. I thought I was going to die, like all the things that they teach you in school. So I had that in the morning and I was supposed to do a webinar that evening. And that experience, like I wasn't panicking about anything related to the webinar. It was other things Mm -hmm. that were happening in my life. And so again, I was always trying to compartmentalize all the different areas of my life, but it just, that's not how the human experience works. And so I knew that I wanted to get additional support for my brain as I am going through setting up my business to scale to a million. And so I know that's your expertise. That's your specialty. I will say I came, when I came to you, I was like, I feel like I have too many coaches. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have too many coaches. So if there's anybody out there who's having the same thought, I wanted to speak to that because I had my sales coach and then I had a marriage coach. And then I had a coach like specifically to help me write emails better. And then I had a money coach. I just felt like I had all these coaches. And so my brain was like, do you need, support? Are you just like buffering with coaching? And my brain tried to do that, but no, I wanted to be able to have a coach that I could bring anything to. Like, that's why I like having a life coach. Like I can bring anything. I remember one of the first calls we had, I talked to you about my daughter's school and like the parents at my daughter's school. Like there's no other container where I could bring something like that. My sales coach would be like, what does that have to do with selling your offer? My marriage coach would be like, "Uh," the money coach, it wouldn't fit anywhere else, but it's still an experience I was having that was impacting the way I was showing up in my life. And so that's just an example of, I could bring that to you. You never said to me like, why are we coaching on your daughter's school? Like, What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? You held space for it. You asked powerful questions. It's something I was able to work through that Even I was judging me. I was like, why are you bringing this to Brig? Like, Brig helps millionaires. Why are you bringing your daughters? Like, like
0: whether or not you volunteer at your daughter's school. (laughs) Right? But that is the thing. And I think people miss that. That is the thing that makes you the millionaire. It keeps you in your creative brain. It keeps you in your relationships. It keeps you getting support when you can remove those distractions. Right? Like, because... Those are just distractions and your brain is going, something about this feels unsafe. And I'm like, when our brain is like, this is unsafe, This something about this. And we just need to figure out why, what's going on, because Mm -hmm. the brain will always prioritize safety over success. So you're wanting success and like, I got a launch and I got all this, but your brain is like, but we're not safe in this one area. And so it will prioritize that over your launch, over everything. And you'll be like, I'm supposed to be thinking about this, but you know all your energy because your brain is like, that's number one. Not a problem. We just need to understand that. And that's why I'm like, of course we're going to coach on this because I want to clean all those things up that your brain is saying this is unsafe. And what we do is like, why is this unsafe? Your brain is saying it's unsafe for a reason. But it's probably saying it's unsafe from 1700 A.D. (laughs) or B.C., right? It's like, time frame, hello, it's 2023. That's actually not a safety thing. But until you give the brain back that Mm. signal, it will still fire off that this is unsafe and it won't give you the energy to go do the thing you want to do. I have never heard
1: it said like that, that... My brain prioritizes safety over success. Always. Wow. That just blew my mind. <laughs> that Always. just blew my mind. Wow. And
0: who that is the a most? Lot. <laughs> yeah. And who is the most unsafe culture demographic Yeah. than anybody?
1: Yeah. It's us, Black women.
0: So wow. it's like when our brain is fucking with us. It's doing it because it's prioritizing safety, but we have to address it.
1: That is so good. I know we're supposed to be talking about my experiences over there, but that just in this moment made so much that I'm even currently dealing with make sense. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. No, that's so true. Yeah.
0: It helps that, that, understanding helps us be so much more compassionate with ourselves when we're like why am i mad about the cashier she don't me mean- but your brain was like see you can't go in a world like it's not safe to even go to the grocery store it's like what is it and it just gives you a formula for where are we going and what is it and that's i think is what coaching does is it allows me to give you a space to unpack it where is that? Ask the questions. And it calms the fact like, oh, we are safe. I do make sense. Once that happens, you leave that call and you're like, let me go work on this launch. Oh, that makes
1: so much sense. Yeah. Cause I think there's still probably a little bit of me that sometimes, especially if I'm like in a launch, mm-hmm. my brain wants me to just focus on the emails or just focus on mm-hmm. the social media, like and everything else. I'm like, ah. Uh. Mm -hmm. That's not, but like, but those things do keep coming up. So now it makes
0: sense why that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Mm -hmm. why am I not doing this? It's like the procrastination. Why am I not doing this? It's like, oh, because there's a safety issue in there somewhere hidden. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we're not doing this when we're not showing up doing the things that we know would move the needle towards success. I'm like, where is the safety issue? Or... Is it I'm overworking and I'm not showing up in my family because we're thinking work is the safety thing, like I'm gonna get there, and that's it, yeah, yeah, wow,
1: wow, that's a good one, Brig. This is why <laughs> this is why you're
0: the best <laughs> so good, but it's just good to understand it, but to have a place that you can come to and like I know I need support, where so many of us are. So many people are like, I'm going to do it when I'm ready. Or when I get there, when I get the million, then I'll do it. As opposed to understanding that, no, this is an integral part of you getting to the million. And I think people miss that.
1: I had the same thoughts. when It was never a question for me because I am a coach. Like I always prioritize Mm -hmm. coaching. But I think there was a moment when I saw myself wanting to defer Mm -hmm. the work until a future time when I knew it would be needed. But in order to get to that, like I need it now. Right. So yeah, I think that's something that, and I am trying to figure out like why, oh, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter why, but why I wanted to do that. I remember our call and me, I had so much resistance. I was just like, oh no, it's just, I mean, I know I need it, but here was the thought Am I doing too much Mm -hmm. or trying to be too much? Or like, it was a little bit of who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. You have five coaches and now you need a life coach and you're going to pay all this money. And like, who do you think you are? Like, there was a part of me that knew that that was me kind of stepping into. Another version of myself, really prioritizing my needs and my desires so that I can scale. And my brain was part of
0: it was like, Who do you think you are?
1: Like, I can tell. So, yeah, I think that was a big part of it for me.
0: Yeah. I think that's a common thing, like getting too big for your britches. Because for us, when we got too big for our britches, if we look historically, that meant danger. There was going to be a backlash.
1: So much, Brig, you know, this is my big thing. This mm-hmm. is the biggest thing that keeps me, that I have to keep getting coaching on. Like I have so much trauma from mm-hmm. being too big for my mm-hmm. wishes, from mm-hmm. loved ones. I'm still dealing with it now. Loved yeah. ones, family members, yeah. friends over the years since childhood. Yeah. Since childhood, I was the quote unquote smart person in the class, the, the one with the highest scores. And I paid for it. Mm -hmm. I paid tremendously for it on the playground. And so there's always a part of me that's trying to keep me small to prevent that from happening. I see it in how I even perform in my launch. I I see it everywhere. But yeah, I definitely saw it in that moment where it was like, girl,
0: you are doing too much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that, Colin. I do remember you were kind of resistant, like, ah no it's so funny cuz people will book a call and then they'll talk themselves out of it and i'm like oh for sure you knew i'm like you knew when you booked the call that this was the answer and then you just listen to that lower brain talk you right on out of it and that's why you're stuck <laughs>
1: like, yeah i'm uh, so grateful to that version of myself that that I, mo- I remember when i made the payment and i was just like well i mean i'm uncomfortable I feel like I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it because there's some reason. And part of that is me. I teach sales and I teach people how to analyze what's happening in Mm -hmm. their client's unconscious Mm -hmm. mind. So I can be meta and see what was, I saw what was happening in my Mm -hmm. brain. I saw my brain wanting to resist because I knew this was exactly what I needed to do. And so I think sometimes we feel like we have to be a hundred percent sold like a hundred percent, a full body. Yes. Mm-hmm. In order to move forward. No, we don't. I wasn't a full body. Yes. I wasn't a hundred, but there was enough of me that knew that this is exactly what I needed to do that. I listened to that part of me and trusted myself. Like that's a big thing, trusted myself mm-hmm. and decided to move forward anyway. And th- I think that though, that's why I've been able to scale my business so fast is that deep and abiding self-trust that I have that I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. We're going to get it done. Even if I don't feel like in this moment, I can't see all the way to like the million dollars. I'm going to just trust myself. Like there's a reason I led myself to this call or to the application. So I just kind of decided to move forward from that. And I think self-trust is something that impacts the way we show up in these situations. And it's something I've practiced over the years. But I just want to say to anyone who's thinking of doing this, but you're like, but I'm not like 100%. Yes, you don't have to be 100%. Like you still are going to have, I call her your inner cave woman, that's trying to hold you back. And like, that's okay. That's normal. But there's a part of you, your highest self, your prefrontal cortex knows that this is something that you want to do. So just move forward. Yeah,
0: I love it. I want to talk about the fact that you knew you were going to scale your business. And I want to talk about like, I think what you ended up doing was by working with me is I'm like, we got to scale you with the business. Because if not, I've seen the people who get to a million and they're not in alignment and their nervous system. Lack of a better term, goes down and freaks out because they didn't scale them with it. What comes up for you when I say that? That's so good.
1: I feel like I'm still trying to figure that part out. So I just want to say I'm not by any means like well-versed. But yeah, Yeah. that's what we're doing. My inclination is to compartmentalize. Well, I can scale my business. Like, what does that have to do with like my personal life or anything that's is going on with me, but like, no, yes, it's about my capacity. Like you always say, my capacity to feel the emotions, you know, like that's what needed to scale. And I see when I don't prioritize that, I see the impact on my revenue. It's a very clear impact between my capacity or lack thereof and the amount of money I'm able to make in my business. So yes, a hundred percent. I mean, I remember after I signed up with you, I had the biggest launch I've had this year when I was like really focusing on myself and my emotions, et cetera. And I have seen where the same year when I stepped away from really doing that work, And I did not make a lot of money in my launcher. I didn't hit the goal that I thought I would hit. And so it's very clear to me. Like I I mean, I knew it like intellectually before, but it's different to actually see it. So yeah, it's something that I know I need to stick with. I know I need to continue working on. That's what I, I plan on doing. But yeah, it's yeah. Oh it's hard out in these entrepreneurship everything in medicine did prepare me for the coaching, but like, it does not prepare me for entrepreneurship. Yes. Like that part is mm-hmm. completely brand new. I have no idea what I'm doing half the time in terms of like being an entrepreneur. Like I have processes and frameworks. That I teach my clients. I know how to sell like all that stuff, but just being the CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. I remember last summer I woke up one day and I was like, wait, I have a company like, this is not just like a little coach. I'm not just like right, a few coaching yes. clients. I have a business. Like I'm a CEO. <laughs> I'm a CEO. What? Yes. And yes. I remember that day and just feeling like that just hit me. And I was like, what in the world am I doing? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> what is going on?
1: And I don't want to get to a million, have that like kind of thing hit me. And then I, my, working then working. I do something to go back to my um, set point because I'm not used to increasing to that level. So like it's the same thing in like weight loss, you lose weight, but then your body is always trying to bring you back to another set point. So you'll start slowing down your metabolism, et cetera, because your body's trying to put the weight back on because there's a predetermined set point and you've dropped below that. And so in the other way, like I don't want to increase my revenue, get to a million, but then internally, my set point is 500,000.
0: So then I start sabotaging to get myself back to that set point. Yeah. That's such a good example of what I mean by scaling who you are. Scaling your identity of who you think you, like there's an answer to who do you think you are. I teach my clients like when your brain says who you think you are, like "Uh, I'm motherfucking Brick Johnson. That's who I am, (laughs) right? Get back to like, how do we train our brain to like come up in scaling, not only that, but our relationships with ourselves and our relationship with others, because that lone wolf stuff don't get you to a million. It really doesn't. Like scaling your relationships, scaling your friendships, scaling who pours into you and who you pour into, because that's the fuel that's when the time gets rough and you sitting there and ain't nobody around, you quitting. But if the time gets rough, and you got a supportive system around you, that's your fuel to keep going. Yeah. So we gotta intentionally feel that. Feel like
1: that is the next that's what I need coaching on. Not on this, right? Yeah, I'm gonna book my yeah. call with you, but I need coaching on that because yeah, I think I have so much relationship trauma from the past that I see it showing up in my relationships
0: right now. So we will be talking about that very soon. Right. <laughs> And for Black women, like, especially I coach on friendships a lot for Black women. And I think it's because it's one of the few places we feel the safest. And when that goes rocky, it's like, oh, my God, like, that was my source of support. And when those go rocky, remember safety over success. Mm -hmm. I don't belong anymore. Something's wrong with me. I said this the wrong way. I did this wrong. Like all of that comes in and we can't even function at the boardroom with the presentation because of what happened with our best friend the night before, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's so, so true. So true. So I'm just like, if I can just help my clients see or the people who like, You don't have to struggle alone and nor do you have to take all of the shit that your brain is giving you. Because your brain will have you bogged down going up the hill with a hundred pound weight. We can drop the hundred pound weight. We still going uphill. It's still a hike. But we can drop the hundred pound weight week after week, 10 pounds at a time.
1: That's so good. Yeah. That's so good.
0: So cool. Okay, so... You're working with me. What's your after? Tell people you we are clear with the before. What's the after? What,
1: what's the after? The after is well, I just want to be clear. I'm still in it with Bray, like by no means where I want to be, but what has changed and shifted for me is number one. I did not realize how much I needed to forgive myself for the times that I was in medicine and all of the things that happened or didn't happen. So I have done that. I have forgiven myself and I can even talk about the moments when I was working with a lot less. I can talk about it with more detail and I can talk about it even to my potential clients, which that's where they are because I have done that healing. So that's one of the biggest shifts that has happened for me. I think I have so much more awareness of what is happening in my brain and how the different areas of my life are impacting my ability to make money in my business. Even though it's something I I still need to work on, I'm so much more open to I have developed incredible friendships over the past year with folks who are in a similar but different place mm-hmm. to me like so fellow coaches that I can go to and lean on. And I really was trying to do this all on my own before. And I was not developing intentional relationships at all. I I wasn't because it didn't feel safe. But I can say that now I have some incredible relationships with women doctors and not even doctors, like just women who are entrepreneurs. I feel like I have a village now that i did not have before and it's because i feel safe enough to be able to do that and yeah so i feel like i have the support or i am in a position and my business is in a position now to scale to a million next year i feel like internally my capacity we were talking about that in the green room before <laughs> before right like My own capacity has greatly increased. And something I do notice is that I had a recent failure in my business. We coached on it several times. And just my ability to recover from that and to learn the lessons from that and take them forward. Like I would still be wallowing. I would still be like, (laughs) I would still be like, woe is me. Like what happened? But I was able to recover, bounce back. Quicker, I believe, because of the work we've been able to do together. So that failure did not just completely take me out. So yeah, that's where I am right now, and I'm excited for even more growth as we move forward.
0: I love that, and I love the fact that you were like, there was a failure because I don't think coaching stops the failures at all. If anything, you have more failures because you're taking more action. Oh and my god, because gosh, that taking- is more action, right? Because you're taking more action, you get more feedback. And when you get more feedback and you implement it, you redirect your direction and you fine tune it a little bit more better. And each time Mm. you get closer to success. Yes. That is so good. If what I can help Black women do, I'm like, yes, I want you to fail more. I want you to have the ability to fail more because that's when, but if we fail and then it takes us three weeks to get out and I shouldn't have done this and oh my God. And then it takes us three months to try again. It takes us so long to get the data. Whereas if we just got back on and figured it out and got that data dropped again, got that data, you would get to success so much faster. That's so good. That's so true. I love that. That's so true. But the thing is, is like just what you're saying, we have to work on that bounce back and that recovery, but we have to have the systems in place to be able to do that. And yes. that's what we do together is develop that. So I want to laugh because let's geek just a little bit, just a little bit. How do you, think you have more capacity? <laughs> is there yeah. data that you have that shows? Yes. <laughs>
1: There is. (laughs) So my coach Brig purchased Mm -hmm. an aura ring for me. And I will say I was really excited to get it because I thought it was just going to like track my sleep. And that alone, like sleep is like a big deal for me. And I used to have insomnia and all the things. So I was like, oh, I get to check my sleep, all of that. And I'll never forget, we met up for, we're in this the same mastermind. So we met Mm -hmm. up and you were like, let me look at your data. And I was like, sure. I thought you were going to be looking at my sleep data. Mm -hmm. And you kept scrolling down to this little area called my heart rate variability. Mm -hmm. And you were like, this is the number I want to look at. I want to, and you explained to me, I wasn't familiar with That particular metric, but I am familiar with the autonomic nervous system and you know all this. So when you explained it to me, it was like, Oh, that totally makes sense. And I had not been looking at that number at all. So I started looking at that number and realizing that it was consistently like in the teens. And if I were in the 20s, that was like a big deal. Mm -hmm. And you said to me, This is a number we really want to focus on. We want you to have much more variability in your heart rate because you are no longer going to just be in this like chronic stress levels when you have more variability, when we can engage your parasympathetic nervous system more. And I'm like, okay. And as you know, I'm a physician, so I'm like very professionistic and Mm -hmm. like a little bit competitive. So I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to get my HRV up. That didn't necessarily, that approach didn't necessarily work because it was like stressing me out to look at my HRV. And then that was, yeah, so that not the best approach. But I actually just started doing very, I think, simple things, prioritizing my sleep. I'm more intentional about my me time and like my meditation time. I have so much more that I still would like to do. And just like more awareness of when, you know, now the Oura ring has this like daytime stress Mm -hmm. thing that it tracks. So I look at that and I'm just, I'm watching myself throughout the day and noticing myself when I am stressed and doing things like breathing. And, you know, even if it's just for a minute or two, I'm doing those things. And so Brig and I were just talking before the podcast that my, HRV is like now consistently in the 30s, like 30s is my baseline. And if I'm in the 20s, that's like bad for me. I'm like, oh, okay. When I'm in the 20s, I'm like watching. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me like adjust some things. And so I know that my, you know, the physician part of me is still like, girl, 30s is still terrible. Cause like, doesn't this go up to like 200 or something, but like I am impressed and I am proud of my own. Like, I'm just trying to judge myself versus myself as opposed to other people. So for me, 30s is incredible. I will say I have yet to see, I think maybe one time I've seen a 40. Mm -hmm. My next goal is to like make 30s my like low numbers and try to get up in the 40s. I know what I need to do is prioritize sleep and do Daily meditations, like actually doing meditations, not like say I'm doing meditations, but I'm really doing coaching calls and come to coaching coaching calls. Yes. Yes. Right. Because if we can take
0: that thread away of what the problem is and we can take that thread away. Remember, safety first. So that's keeping you in that threat cycle. If we can take that away, mm. language it is like, no, that was a threat, but that was a threat in 1700 BC. This is 2023. We're okay. And it calms down. Now your nervous system rebounds more. That's good. So you can see. That's it really okay. good. Right? So like. That's really good. Everything we do. And that's why I have, just to toot my little horn for the program, is a monthly recovery call where we work on those metrics because just seeing what the aura ring does or whatever you do and not knowing how to implement it and having someone personalize it for you. Because I sat there and that's when you were like, light bulb on. You had it, right? But when I was like this, and then we went back and saw one, I was like, well, what happened here? This was a good day. And then I think talked- that was the 40. And
1: we right. were like, you were like, what happened here? I was like, oh, I spent the day
0: with my husband at the beach, right? And I was like, "Oh, so maybe we need to implement days with hubby without kids." Must like sunshine and beach wear, like nature, right? So it's like, what is it? We take it and then implement it and then all the things. And so yeah. actually this week we're having our monthly one and we're going to talk about creating nighttime rituals that help. Oh that we can infuse into our lives. I need need that. My (laughs) nighttime rituals are trash. (laughs) Like as black women, it's like when we know that we already don't feel safe, it's like we need to be very intentional about monitoring it because you wouldn't know that you was in that chronic state of stress unless you had that and I pointed it out to you. Now you know what to look at. and. Now you can see over the months, like, oh, doing this, doing this, getting my coaching when I need it. It's like, oh, yeah, this is really working on me. I didn't sleep good. Let me go get some coaching, right? It's like all of it together. It all helps with us creating the success we want and living in our purpose, which is what you so are such an example of. And I love that. I love that for you. (laughs) Anything that we left out? Are you good? No, this is
1: incredible. No, this was a great conversation. I'm just grateful. I just want to say thank you to you. I am so grateful that you have dedicated your work to, like you could have chosen any niche, but you decided to focus on high achieving black women like myself. So I can keep pouring into my community, my clients, my family. So Just thank you for the work. Your love just like completely shines through in everything that you do. Your love for Black women and just who we are, it definitely shines through. So thank you for just doing this work and for showing up every day for us because there's just not very many people in the world who are showing up for Black women.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It's what I would have wanted and needed. And I'm like, why is it? I just kept asking myself, wait a minute now. I ain't crazy. Ain't nothing wrong with me. How come I'm not reaching a level of success? And I just started answering those questions from a cultural perspective. And I'm like, oh, I've got to teach this to everybody. You're struggling in your position. There's no reason for it. Like, let's clean that up so that you can shine in that position so yeah. much more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so I know you have a launch coming up since we plugged, like, hey, if you're a physician and you're thinking about coaching, first of all, why should they think about coaching? If you have time, if you gotta go, I understand. But if you have time, like, why, give me a nutshell, why should they even think about maybe becoming a coach? Yeah, coaching
1: science Mm -hmm. provides the purpose that we thought we were gonna get from medicine. So we thought, like we went into medicine to help people, to serve our patients. And along the way, what we were sold has completely changed, right? The administration and the insurance companies and all the people that are getting in the way of us really just connecting with our patients. And there's just so much bureaucracy, so much red tape, so much overwhelmed frustration. What coaching my clients did for me is it actually, before I left, actually helped me to fall back in love with medicine because I was no longer just beholden to the powers that be. I knew how to make money on my own. So that gave me back my sense of power Mm. and purpose. And it allowed me to really hone in on the physician-patient interaction and just all the other Garbage and BS that was happening around me in the administration. It's like, yeah, you guys can do all of that, but I know how to make money. Like, I'm no longer beholden to you and just have to be at your every whim. Like, I have the power back in this dynamic. And physicians have largely, we we don't have any power. I know a lot of people think that we do, but like, we are really just like cogs in the wheel at this point. So, being a coach learning coaching tools and principles that i've used on myself that i actually help my clients with has helped me to just show up in my relationships better and when i was working full time in my position at work better so i think coaching is the the best profession truly 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 so this is what i would say if you're a woman physician And you have a story, you've achieved something in your life. Maybe you've lost weight. Maybe you have overcome a divorce. Maybe you know how to co-parent with your partner. Like whatever it is that is your story, you can take that and pivot it into a coaching business and help other people do the same. And in the Dr. Coach School, I help my clients develop their entire business, not just the coaching part. Like you will learn my own coaching tools and principles and develop your own, but you're also going to learn how to market, how to sell everything that you need to set up a fully functioning coaching business, even while you're working full time, it's just going to help you to show up in your life in such a different way, but then also reclaim that power so that you can decide. Maybe I have a lot of clients that decide to stay in medicine because they now love it. I do have clients that quit. As well, Because they're making so much money that they don't have to stay. But you get to decide, like the decision is now back in your hands as opposed to you just sort of going along with the flow, being unhappy and then waking up 20 years from now and being like, how did I end up here? That's not what we want you truly, truly can live a life of purpose and you can even make money. I talk about money all the time. Make money Mm -hmm. outside of medicine with your own brain and I can help you do that inside of DCS. So if you would like to just learn anything about me or my work, if you're listening to this podcast, you like podcasts. So you can just check out the Dr. Coach School podcast on any of your podcast platforms or you can go to the drcoachschool.com. And if this happens to, I don't know when this is going to be aired, but if it is aired before November 28th, then join me on November 28th for the Quit Your Doctor Job by Becoming a Doctor Coach training. It's completely free. It will be my best training yet, and my trainings are epic. It happens on November 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to show you the steps to developing a 5K to 20K coaching offer so that you can quit your job if you want to. And even if you don't want to leave your job, quitting your job is really just, again, taking back your power and no longer being beholden to the powers that be. So join us on November 28th and you can just go to the doctorcoachschool.com slash quit to sign up for that training.
0: I love that. I absolutely love that. When I see stuff happening in the news and I get all upset and everything, I just go, but I am changing the world by how I invest in my clients. I know you're changing the world with your program. And so I have a small part of that by investing in you, helping you do your thing. And I absolutely love it when my clients shine. I'm like tears in eyes all the time because y'all are amazing. Luke, Thank you so much. Amazing. Frank. So. If you would like support (laughs) on your journey, you don't have to do this alone. I don't think it's wise that we even try to do it alone. But hey, what am I, what do I know?
1: (laughs) No, don't (laughs) do it alone, y'all. Hire Briggs.
0: Mm -mm. I'm like, then let's talk. Let's work out a plan. And I will talk at you guys later. Thank you so much, Dr. Kimmy. Did you tell them,
1: IG, oh, on IG, you can find me at Dr. Kimmy underscore. So if you type in Dr. Dr. Kimmy, I'll come up. But there it's you. Dr. Kimmy underscore.
0: There you go. All right, guys. Talk with you later. Bye. Did you enjoy this podcast where I have a personal invitation? I want to spend time with you, coach you, talk about the issues that are affecting you, We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high-achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves and we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you and got a little melanin in them. (laughs) (laughs) That's Deeply Rooted. You can register for the wait list at brigjohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.